Hey Oasis, welcome to night two of This Is Still Good News, a seven day journey of exploring faith in Jesus. I can't think of a better week to do it. I mentioned this last night. As a matter of fact, hopefully you watched last night's devotional on sin. It's powerful that we watch every single night because I want you to be able to connect the dots to this awesome gospel message. This is good news. Last night we talked about sin. Tonight we're talking about repentance. And I really believe people are going to come to the Lord this week in such a special way. You might have been on news websites today or watching on television. And this is honestly the week that's projected. We would receive maybe the darkest, worst news maybe that we have as a nation. And I really believe what needs to be in our heart this week um, is, is the good news, the message of Jesus. And so tonight we're going to be talking about a beautiful word called repentance. And that word has been used to beat up people for centuries. We've seen people with the signs that say turn or burn or repent or go to hell. And that uh, presentation is not the gospel. And I want to apologize to anybody who's heard this beautiful, profound word repentance in such a negative, judgmental and condemning way. Repentance is a beautiful word. We're going to read Acts chapter 17 verses 24 through 34. And verse 24 says this, he is the God who made the world and everything in it. You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. You are not the product of evolution, which is an explosion that created a molecule that created a something else and created an organism that eventually became a monkey, eventually became you. That sounds crazy to me. You're not that. You were created and designed by God. He is the God who made the world and everything in it, including you and I. And it says, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. For anybody that's been discouraged that you can't go to the building, I know it's hard. It's been tough for me. But when we go to the building and we sense God's presence, it's not because he is throughout the stucco and the bricks and the floorboards. It's because he's in humanity. When people have put their faith in Jesus, he lives on the inside of us. Matter of fact, the Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I love that. God doesn't live in man-made temples. And verse 25 says, and human hands can't serve his needs for he has no needs. He gives himself, he himself gives life and breath to everything. And he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the earth. And listen to this. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall. And he determined their boundaries. And I don't mean fall from a pandemic. I mean, fall from you know, notoriety or fall from glory or or fall from financial prowess and success. He says he decided that beforehand. And then listen to verse 27. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God. I've always talked about and we should continue talking about you having a personal relationship with God, me having a personal relationship with God. But this verse, verse 27 says his purpose was for the nations to seek after God. And I think and pray during this awful time, I wonder if not just Christians are seeking God, what if this is a time for the nations to seek God? His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him. Feel their way towards them. That speaks to blindness. 
people that don't know where to find God. Perhaps they would feel their way. Imagine if somebody turned all the lights off. You ever been in a room that's completely dark and you know the vicinity of where the light switch is and you feel your way towards the light switch? This is the word picture for this verse. A nation in darkness feeling their way towards God and finding him. And listen to this verse, the end of it. Though he is not far from any one of us. The Bible says you won't have to feel long. You won't have to search long. He's close. Verse 28 says, for in him we live and move and exist. It says that we will feel our way towards God and find him quickly because we in him we live and move. He created us. He's right there. And then it says, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. What a beautiful verse. I, I wish I had more than 10 minutes. We're going to find him because we're his kids. We're going to find God because he's already been looking for us. He's right there. He is the pursuer. He is the one searching for his sons and daughters. And verse 29 says, and since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed, Jesus. And he has proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. And the Bible says when Paul, they heard Paul speak about this, Paul's audience gave him three different reactions. It says when they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt. Others said, we want to hear more about this later. And then some joined him and became believers. This verse says that it's God's purpose for the nations to seek God, the nations to seek God, that they would feel their way towards God in a time like this and find out that he's not far from any one of us and that God um, ignored uh, certain things like this in times, but now in this verse, he calls everyone everywhere to repent and turn to him. That word repentance is a beautiful word that means to turn, to change after being with, to be transformed after being with God. And so we've been talking about Oasis at home, church at home, where we can encounter Jesus in our home. And the Bible says that after you've been encountering Jesus when you're at your home, you can have this beautiful moment where you do something called repent, and then you can begin to change because the Spirit of God, Jesus, is speaking to you. And whenever he speaks, there's so much grace and there's so much love. You now have the power to change because of the person that you've encountered. So many times we change for people. We get caught up in people pleasing where somebody needs you to change to make them happy. And not only does that leave you completely unempowered to change, but you actually feel condemned. That's not the type of change that Jesus is talking about. Matter of fact, it, the Bible tells us, for there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So why does God want us to repent and change? It's because he knows best. His plans are good. We have a future and a hope, and he sees the roadmap that we can't see. He sees the path that we can't see. He sees the things that we can't see. So he wants us to change so we can get 
what he has for us, our purpose, our future, our plans. And repentance is a, is a word that I believe has been stolen from God and it's been used to beat people up and condemn people and judge people. But repentance is a beautiful word. It means when you get in the presence of God, out of humility, you take all of your sins and all of your imperfections and you come out different. There's this beautiful passage of scripture in Ezekiel. Um, Ezekiel, hear that God pastor bringing up Ezekiel, but yeah, in Ezekiel. And it, it basically states that anybody who comes in the temple through the east gate has to leave through the west gate. No one is permitted to leave the same way they came in. So it was a picture in the Old Testament that symbolized what's supposed to happen when we're in the presence of God. No one should leave the same way they came in. So the question is, if we've really been in the presence of God, then we would repent because no one can be in the presence of God and leave the presence of God the same way they came in. So here's my prayer tonight. As you would humble your heart and say, God, I haven't got it right. I repent that you would leave the presence of God without anxiety. You would leave the presence of God without fear of the future. You would leave the presence of God without shame, without guilt. What if our time with God is about what we bring in because he's gracious and loving, but also what we leave behind because we have a repentant and humble heart. I really believe that this is gonna encourage somebody, spend some time alone or with your family, going over the questions, and I believe you're gonna be encouraged.